This is Pastor Scott. Thank you so much for checking out my sermon podcast from the New Hope Walpolopin Faith, Stairwell, and Slocum United Methodist Churches. We'd love to have you join us some Sunday for worship. To find out more about our locations and worship times, find us on Facebook at New Hope Walpolopin. We hope to see you soon. I heard a story a few years ago about a man who was, who was an actor. He was playing the part of Jesus in a passion play in a local community. And during the play, as, as he was carrying the cross up the hill, a bystander in the crowd began to heckle him and to shout insults towards him. The actor, finally having all he could take, threw down his cross, walked over to the bystander, and pushed him down. After the play was over, they, they sort of collected themselves. After the play was over, the director told him, I know he's heckling, heckling you, but I just can't have that kind of behavior, so I've got to let you go. We just, we can't have the person that's playing Jesus be like that. The actor begged, he said, I'm so sorry, just give me another chance. I don't know what, I can handle it this time. If it, if it ever happens again, I'll be fine. So the director gave him a second chance. The next day, as he was once again carrying his cross up that street and up that same hill, sure enough, the heckler was back. You could tell that the actor was doing everything he could to control himself. He was like clenching his fist, his like jaw was tight, and he took he did everything he could, and finally having all he could take, but not wanting to get fired, he looked at the man and said, I'll see you after the resurrection. <laughs> Sometimes People who profess to be Christians don't do such a great job of acting like Jesus. Gandhi actually once said, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. And I share this because sometimes we as Christians can say and do things that are contrary to what Jesus teaches in the gospel. Sometimes we can say and do things out of anger and frustration, and we let the humanity of ourselves get the best of us. This even includes how we love or don't love other people. In the English language, we have one word for love. We've talked about this before, but it's the same word to describe our feelings for chocolate that we would use to, to tell our significant other how much we love them. I won't ask you to say which is actually the more, which one you love the most. But in Greek, there are actually six words for love, varying degrees of love. So is there any wonder why people in our world are so confused about the idea of love and what it really means? One day on the playground, this little boy kept following this girl around. Finally, she, she turned and asked him, she's like, why are, you, why are you following me? The boy answered, you're very pretty, and I think I'm in love with you. <laughs> the girl tells him, I am not that pretty. And besides, you haven't met my best friend. She's much prettier than me, and she's right behind you. The little boy looked back, but nobody was there. The girl says, see, if you really love me, you wouldn't have looked behind you. <laughs> In today's passage from 1 Corinthians 13, this is the one we always hear at weddings. In this passage, the word that Paul uses for love is agape, which translates to mean affection or benevolence. It's many, many consider this to be the highest, purest form of love. It's 
it's a supernatural love. It's that love that of God for us and of us towards God. It's a love that we can only achieve with the help of the Holy Spirit. It's most likely that the word agape and this kind of love was not familiar to Paul's audience. So in verse 4, Paul actually starts laying out to them what agape love really is. He says, in starting in verse 4, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Agape love is patient, it's kind, it's, it's truthful, it protects others, it trusts, it hopes, it understands the faults of others, it never fails, and it perseveres. Agape love is not envious, it's not proud, it's not boastful, it's not inappropriate or rude, it's not selfish, self, self, or short-tempered, evil, and it's not accepting of sin. See, the reason Paul is talking about the importance of this type of love is, again, he's talking to the church in Corinth. We've, we've been talking about them for the past couple of weeks. And as we've talked about in previous weeks, they were a diverse church. It was in the city of Corinth. It was a port city. It was, it was a bustling metropolis in its day. And what had happened is because it was such a diverse city that they had let, they had let the diversity and the things that separate them in the world infiltrate the church and so they were bringing those same things in and they were finding themselves divided by wealth they were by power by influence by by just those so many different things and so paul's constantly telling them that you need to take everything that's out here that keeps you apart and you need to get rid of it inside of here because inside of here you are one body you were bought by one spirit by, by one christ one gospel and he's telling them that in here it's, it's sort of a, lay, a level playing field. Everybody comes from the same, has the same abilities and gifts and graces. But what he does in this passage is then he goes on to give them a list of things. You know, you may be this in the world, but if you don't have love, you're nothing. And here's some of those things that Paul says. He says that he's telling them agape love is greater than our gifts and abilities. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels... But do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging symbol. Back in the first century, the pagans had actually a gong or a symbol in the entrance to the temple, which was used to wake their gods from sleep when they would come to worship, so that the gods would be awake so they could hear their prayers. So Paul's saying that you can be the most eloquent speaker, you, you can be fluent in the most languages, but if you don't do things with love, you're just as useless as these gongs or symbols, which he, again, had told them, you know, these gongs don't exist. You're, you're looking for the, the, you know, this god is the reason you've created all of these gods. One of the things we've seen in our world is with the growth of, growth of technology, we've seen people, and even some pastors, be able to have a platform and influence that they really shouldn't have and don't deserve. Because technology makes it easy for people to have an influence that's far greater than their character. Just this past week, I heard somebody share where there was a pastor in Tennessee, I think it is, who's kind of controversial and he doesn't care. Um, he's just, he's, he's a pastor that he just, he doesn't care who he offends. And this past week in a service, um, and I don't want to misquote, but he basically likened uh, autism 
to demon possession. And, and basically saying that that's really what it is. It's, it's they're possessed by demons. And he, he said other things that are hateful. Uh, they had a sign up from the church basically saying, if you wear a mask in here, we'll kick you out. Um, things like that in the middle of the pandemic. And just not a great, not a great person, even worse pastor. But the thing is, there are people out there that are like that. There are people that have platforms, and they, they use that to get attention. And they have great influence, but they have very little character. And what Paul is saying here is he's saying that you could have this great influence, you could have this great platform, but if you're not doing these things with great love, you're a gong or a symbol. Makes me think of those monkeys, the wind-up monkeys you buy in the store. I tried to find one this week and I couldn't. But one of those, I mean, this is what I mean. That's basically Paul's saying it. If you're like this and you don't have love, all people are going to hear are clang, 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 clang. I could have brought a symbol in, but then it would have woke you all up. <laughs> but that's all it is. He's saying you're just basically adding noise. And as Christians, when we speak, we're not supposed to be just adding to the noise of the world. Anybody ever feel overwhelmed by the noise around you in the world? I know I do. I had somebody encourage me this week, said, if you're feeling a certain way, maybe you should start looking at the social media use, and maybe you should look at where you go and what you do and who, who, who you listen to and, and just take some breaks. Yeah. See, as Christians, we're not supposed to be adding to the noise. And if you are speaking, no matter how eloquent you are, and you don't have love, if it's hate and it's violence and it's, it's that kind of stuff, you're just adding to the noise. And my encouragement to us is if you come across that, don't give it oxygen. Don't share it. Don't comment on it. Comment on it. Don't pass it along. Don't tell your friends. Just ignore it and hope it goes away. But see, Paul also says that agape love is greater than our knowledge. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, but do not have love, I am nothing. Paul is saying that you could be the smartest person in the room. You could know everything. You could be well-educated. You could have fancy titles and degrees. You could have a placard on your desk or on the door. You could even have your own business cards. But if you don't have love, you're nothing. There's an old saying that goes something like this, that, that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You could be giving somebody the best advice in the world. But if it does not come out of a place of love, then you're just, again, like the symbol. Paul also says that agape love is greater than faith. He says, if I have faith, that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. It's kind of weird hearing Paul say this because you kind of think, well, faith is sort of a big deal for us, you know, Christians and all that stuff. But what Paul is saying is that you, you could have this great faith, but if you're not doing things with love, your faith is meaningless. It's that whole faith and works. I actually heard somebody said this, said that if it's great to have faith to move mountains unless you drop that mountain on somebody else's head. You could have great faith. You could pray all you want. You could go to church every Sunday and tithe and serve and give. But if that faith doesn't make you go into the world and love other people, your faith is meaningless. Because that faith is about you. 
Agape love is just like what we've talked about with spiritual gifts. It's about the common good. We're supposed to love other people. And if you have faith in that faith, does it cause you to love people like Jesus loved people? Your faith is only for you. It's not for others. And the final thing that Paul says is that agape love is greater than our sufferings and sacrifices. He says, if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. How many times have we seen people post all of their great deeds on social media. Look at me. I am giving $20 to this homeless guy. That's not for you. You're not doing that out of love. Well, you are. Love for yourself. Love for attention. Love for likes on social media. Because again, agape love is a self-sacrificing love. It's about love for others. It's this pure form of love. This is why Jesus was often after the Pharisees. Because the Pharisees would pretend to be doing all of these great things, but they were really just doing it for attention. Their prayers and their service and the things they did, they did it so that everybody saw them do it. But then in the back room, they were making deals and hurting people and shortcutting and, and cheating people and widows and orphans. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Again, the good things that we do, that the sacrifices we make are not for our own good or our attention. They're for others and they're out of love for them because God loved us. Paul tells us in verse 11 that all of these things show how mature we are. He says in verse 11, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the child or the ways of childhood behind me. Think back to when you were younger. It might be hard for some of us because it's way back. But think back to when you were younger. Especially as a baby, what's a baby want? When a baby cries, a baby wants to be held, it wants to be changed, it wants to be fed. Babies cry because they need something, they want something. There's kind of a parallel to that in what we see in our world today, but I'm not going to go that direction. Because when you were young, especially really young, it tends to be all about you. But as you grow up, and, and even as you grow up, sometimes those, those selfishness still comes out. But as you grow up, you start to realize that the world doesn't revolve around you. And it's still a struggle. Uh, I remember when my kids were younger, how many times if you go to, some of you have been this way with your kids. You go to McDonald's and you get a Happy Meal. I need the same exact meal and toy or there's going to be a fight in my car. You've been there. Because he got that and I didn't. Some of you learned this with Christmas. There's an even, even number of presents and gifts and all of that. But the thing is, as we grow older, we're supposed to get rid of that me first mentality. As we grow up as adults, we're supposed to begin to put others before us. And, and agape love is that love that loves even our enemies. And that agape love is that love that makes us go into the world and care for other people. We've seen this a lot in our world right now, even with the whole COVID and the mask thing. And, and say what you want about masks and vaccines and all that. I know there are different opinions about that. But if you have anybody in your life that you cared about, most people are, are doing the right thing because they care about the people around them. They know somebody that they want to make sure is healthy and safe. But we see so many times in our world that we do make it about us. And it's about me, it's about mine. We've talked about this even last week a little bit. 
And that was part of the issue of the church in Corinth. But agape love is a sacrificial love. Agape love is loving other people even when it's not an easy thing to do. And the best illustration I've ever heard of this was from a few years ago at a Target store in Indiana. Um, this post actually went viral um, because a woman shared what she saw. She took a picture and she shared the story. But she was in a Target and she was watching a young cashier named Ismail Gilbert, uh, who had just actually started working at Target. And what she witnessed was an older woman went up to his lane and said, listen, I'm, I'm going to need help. I'm paying and change. And she said she stood there for a few minutes and watched him patiently help her count out her change. And she said, we stood there and I watched the people in the line behind me get impatient and go to other lines because it was taking too long. She said, but I stood there in awe. She said, I have my daughter with me. She said, this is a good lesson for her. And she said the woman was shaking. She was getting, she was getting nervous because she knew she was holding up the line. She said the cashier never lost patience with her. And he said, man, it's fine. Kept reassuring her, we're fine, everything's good. And the woman said she was so touched by this. <clears throat> but see, that's the way our world should be, and that's the way our world's not right now. We have taken this... You know, we have Christians who, on church, you know, in church on Sunday morning, will we'll sing praises and say prayers and, and, you know, put on the good show, and then they go treat their waitress like less than human. How many times have you heard, I've heard this so many times by people that work in restaurants that said, we hate working Sunday mornings because groups of Christians come in and they treat us, they treat us terribly. That's what Paul's talking about. Paul's talking about it doesn't matter how many prayers you say. It doesn't matter how holy you are. It doesn't matter how many commandments you follow. It doesn't matter how well you speak in church or how beautiful your singing voice is. If you don't do things in this world with love, everything you do is noise because people know. So my encouragement to us today is when you go into this world, do everything you do with love. And there'll be times you trip up. There'll be times you lose patience. There'll be times you, you're tired or you're grumpy. I get that. I do it. Mother Teresa said, not all of us can do great things. But we can do small things with great love. So think about that. When you're in the world, when you're at home, everything you do What's going to make the biggest difference? Doing one great thing? Doing a lot of little things with great love. Because remember, when you are in this world, if people know what you know, what you believe, you never know who's going to be watching. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for Jesus who showed us what it means to love others who came and spent time with those the world neglects. Help us to be like him. Help us to go into this world and do small things with great love. We ask this in Jesus' name.